0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. I'm bringing a message, just something that I felt. I was actually in a, a meeting a few weeks ago and felt that God dropped this word into my heart. And I felt it was maybe something to share in that meeting, but the the thing moved on and and, uh, it didn't feel quite right at that time. But I've kind of been pondering this passage. So we're going to open our Bibles. We're going to have a look, uh, read a passage of scripture, and then um, we're going to look into this and bring out a few thoughts from it this morning. And it just so happens that if you are doing Um, If you are uh, doing the immerse plan, you will get to this passage at some point, because we're reading from two kings, okay? Yes, I am preaching from the Old Testament this morning. I know that's a surprise. That's why I know God was really speaking to me. It wasn't Paul, it's uh, two kings. So two kings, chapter five, it's a fairly long passage, um, so just bear with it, and then we will pull out some thoughts. So now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aaron replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left taking 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent this message. Why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say, "Uh, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Phapa, the, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, Please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, For your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon to bow down, and he is leaning on my arm, and I bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi... The servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he bought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. I'm going to leave it there, um, but it doesn't work out too well for Gehazi at the end, but we'll get to that point in a moment. So let's just take a minute to pray as we de- delve into God's word. So, Father, we thank you for. This morning we thank you for this opportunity to gather and worship you, and we pray as we look at your word now that you will speak to us. We pray that there will be revelation and insight and things that will transform us and speak to us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, amongst the many things happening this weekend, it's also Jubilee weekend. Was were people watching last night? The the part that yes, okay. And uh, just for all the tech guys at the back, this is what I think about when I'm watching these things now. I'm like, I'm glad I'm not doing sound at these things. Or having to queue up all the video images. It was, it's bad enough with the big weekend and, you know, all of the, the, the things and the wind sheets and everything else. So uh, I take my hat off to them. But it was a brilliant thing celebrating all things British. You know, and how much more British can you get, you know, than having lit up in the sky a teapot? It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know... Other countries, you know, America, they've got the Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, Australia, Sydney Opera House, India, Taj Mahal, something like that. We've got a teapot. We are, we are British, but I love it. I, I am, you know, I love that sort of thing. But there you go. But one of the other things that we're good at in this country... Um, and I know, I'm, I'm, you know none of you here will, 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 will understand this. you, you won 't uh, uh, identify with this, but, but some people in this country, they do like to complain don 't they? We, we, we are a country of moaners. Uh, in fact you know, it 's it's, it's generally well known, and in fact, you know, we moan because probably a few days ago it was too hot. I like it hot, but not this hot, and now we 're moaning because it 's raining. And what are we going to do with our barbecue? But we're Brits, so we're doing something. Because if we cancelled everything because of bad weather, well, we wouldn't do anything, would we? So uh, so we, we, we're we going to make it work. That's brilliant. Um, but we do. We like to complain about things. And one of the things that, uh, if you want to get a, a sense of this, just go on something like TripAdvisor. Anyone seen the the reviews on TripAdvisor? Okay, now... Now, some of you might be in this category. Okay, when me and Dina go on holiday, we meticulously research everything about the place. Anyone with me? Yeah? Okay, only a few people, all right. Like we have we have researched every hotel possible. Like all the tabs open, tap, 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 tap across the 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 web browser, you know, we're looking. And we've got it all worked out, zoomed in on Google Earth. Like, that's the sunbed I'm going to get. I'll be down at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's the one. Yeah? We know exactly what we're getting. But I reckon some people just go in and be like, surprise me. Just put me on a plane, send me somewhere. Which is fine, but you can't complain about it afterwards. All right? You can't go to a family resort and then write a one-star review because there were too many children there. But they do. Some people like, oh, we went to this family resort and it just catered for children. It's terrible. What did you think you were getting? (laughs) We've been to campsites and 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 some of them they will they will clearly say we ask for quiet after eleven o'clock on the campsite. Then you'll get all the complaints. It's clear there on the on the the website for the campsite, we ask for quiet. That's it. We've read all the terms and conditions because we're those sort of people. (laughs) Control freaks as well. We like to know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but some people, I can't believe it. we got that and they ask for quiet yes, because he told you that even if you would just read but people complain and they put a one star review and all this sort of stuff people we do, we like to moan and in this story we've got lots of different characters but there's three people in particular and they all had a good reason to complain they all had a moan about something so the first person you've got And we'll look at her. It's this young girl. She's taken captive. Okay, and this is one of those passages, by the way, because people have heard me talk about this sort of thing. Like God doesn't always do things in a neat, ordered way that we like. We tend to do systematics, which is fine, but sometimes God does things and it doesn't quite fit. And this is one of those passages, because God should be blessing Israel, but here you've got the commander of an army, a foreign army, and uh, he seems to be doing okay doesn't quite fit. Now you've got someone who's been taken captive. That doesn't quite work either. She had every reason to complain. Okay. Then you've got Naaman. Naaman wants to be healed. He's got leprosy, which could cover a whole range of skin conditions. He wasn't obviously separated from the community because he's in the army. He's talking with other people. But it could cover a whole range of things. But he's got a condition and it can't be cured. And he wants to be cured, but he complains because Elisha doesn't come out to meet me and then he tells me to do this and it's not right and then you've got Gehazi at the end who complains because he's been healed and he should have given us some money and so he chases after him and then what happens at the end of the story is he kind of says right I'm going to go and, and get some money from him which he does gets some offering from him and then he goes back and tells Elisha and Elisha says well you're going to suffer now with what he suffered with because you, were, you disobeyed and you took from this, pe- this person. So there's people in this passage that had every reason to complain. The first one, this servant girl, there she is. She has been taken captive. She's been taken off by a foreign uh, uh, leader and been put to service. She had every right to complain. And she could have looked at Naaman with this illness and thought, Great, I'm going to get even now because I know what the answer is. I know what the solution is. He can go and see Elisha. But actually, this is God's judgment. So I'm not going to do anything, but I'm, I'm, go- I'm just going to keep quiet. She had every reason to, to want to say, This is unfair. This isn't how I wanted my life to work out. She isn't even named in the passage. This is the person at the lowest point of life, in the sense of she is a servant. She's not even given a name in the story. And she has every reason to complain and want to get even, but instead she speaks. And she says, This is what uh, Naaman can do. He can go to Israel, he could go and see, or Samaria, he could go and see. Elijah, And I think there's a challenge for us in this, because sometimes we might get into a position where we we identify with this person, that we feel like, God, this is not fair. This situation that you've put me in, this isn't how I wanted things to work out. This is not how I thought my life should look. This is not where I thought I should be. I didn't think that these people should be blessed or whatever else it might be. And got every reason to complain. But instead sees that actually here is an opportunity to do something good that makes, a, uh, that makes an impact for the kingdom. Because ultimately what happens is Naaman isn't just healed, but he says there is no other God. Totally changed. And goes back and the influence that he has, has the opportunity to influence the rest of his nation too. And so there's a challenge. Because we can look and think, God I don't understand why you have put me in this place. But maybe we just need to, at times to trust God I believe that even though I'm not sure of the reasons, even though I don't see the fullness of the plan, I trust that you have put me here for a purpose. And rather than complaining about it, I'm going to see it as an opportunity to bring influence for the kingdom. Amen? So we've got to look for those opportunities because things aren't always going to work out. And even when we feel... That God is blessing other people, and it seems unfair. We don't have an attitude that says, Well, that, you know, yeah, it's unfair. I, I, and I'll take my opportunity if I can to get even. But actually, I'm going to use where I am and see where the place where I am right now as an opportunity. Because we could spend a lot of time longing for the future, longing for things to be different. And actually, God is saying, I've put you here for a reason. So we've got the servant girl. Not even given a name in scripture, but has incredible influence because she chooses to see things different. So she has an opportunity to complain, but doesn't and uses her position for, for good. And then we come on to Naaman, who's kind of at the center of this story. And he has a complaint and he says he goes away in a rage, but he changes his mind. One person complains, but has a right to complain, but doesn't. Another person complains, but changes their mind. It's a good idea sometimes to stop the complaining and change your mind. Because Naaman wouldn't have been cleansed if he'd have just stayed in that rage. Thankfully, he listened to common sense. Or he listened to the advice of others. It's very easy to dismiss what other people want to tell us, the counsel that they want to give. But here's the point. Naaman was expecting this, that Elisha would come out and there'd be this great spectacle and amazing things would happen. And instead, Elisha just says, sends a messenger, tell him to go wash. It's not what he wanted. And there's a nice thing that's going on because here we've got this this leader and he's done great things, but the writer already at the start says, yeah, but it was the Lord that did it. Let's not forget that in the grand scheme of things, all of this, actually, it's all because of God. Because God is in ultimate control of everything. But Naaman thinks he's something... And then has to be humbled and goes to Elisha. And Elisha tells him what to do. And then Naaman complains and says, I wanted to go and wash in these rivers. These rivers in my country are better. I don't want to have to do this. The whole thing of washing is a bit odd. But anyway, you know, like wave your hand, that would be better. But there's so many times, aren't there, where we want God to do things on our own terms. God, this is the plan. These are the things I'm praying for. And if it can work out exactly as I'm telling you right now, <laughs> that would be great. You know, I am so thankful that God hasn't always answered my prayers as I would have liked them to have been answered. Because God has a better plan. We would not be here. We would not be doing the things we're doing if God had answered my prayer. You know, well, oh, God, I, hope, I pray that this happens. I pray that that happens. And God's saying, no, I've got a plan for you. But there's a challenge in this chapter, in these verses, that we need to not be in a place where God, I only want you to do things, but I want you to do it on my terms. And, uh, and sometimes we look for the spectacular. We're on Pentecost Sunday. And we are people who are Pentecostal. And one of the things we love is having a great service and all of the the supernatural and the spectacular and the amazing things happen. You've probably been in those services, you know, where the prophet is coming and there's words being given and there's healings and amazing things taking place. But there's nothing said over you. And it might be that God needs to take you into a different place actually away from other things, away from other people. Oh, I'd love it at times. I'd have loved it. You know, when we have the person giving the prophetic words, if someone had stopped over me, oh, this is what God's going to do through your life. Everyone's listening. Isn't this amazing what God's doing for me? God said, no, I want to take you aside. Because actually here is where I need to do the work. You want it here. You want it on your terms. But I've got to take you aside. It's one of the things that Jesus had to do at the start of his ministry. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted to fast and to pray. Because it's here that God can do the work. Now don't get me wrong. God does things here as well. God does things in the services. And there are supernatural times. But let's not misunderstand. There are times where God needs to take us aside in order to be able to speak to us. That we might be looking over here. God, I want you to do it on my terms. And God's saying, I need to take you aside. I need to take you into the secret place. I need to take you into the quiet place. Because we can't be cleansed. And this isn't so much a story, although it is about healing. It's, it's about cleansing. Naaman is cleansed. And we can't be cleansed just on our own terms. One of the things that we need to be careful of as Christians is that when we talk about things like forgiveness and grace and mercy, is that we don't kind of get this idea that it's just clicking is done. Yes, God's forgiveness is instant, but very often there's a work that needs to be done in us. In order for us to not go back to that thing again. Yeah, and you can't do that on your own terms. And you can't do it always in a, in a moment. Sometimes that takes the coming aside. And spending time in prayer. Yes there might be the moment where there's the up front. But before we get there. We've got to do this. One of the things that we love as you, you've already talked about football, but we, we just love all... Well, me and Micah love all sport. I don't know if Dina and George <laughs> quite feel the same, but we, we watch a lot. And, uh, I, and I think one of the reasons I love it, and, and uh, again, if there's any tennis fans tonight, this afternoon is the French Open final, and, and, and we do love watching tennis. The dedication and the commitment that goes into that. And it's because... They've spent the hours practicing. Whatever it is, there's the, whether it's sport, music, whatever it might be, people have spent the time here practicing, getting ready, so that when they're in that moment, they're ready. When the time comes, they're ready to step up. And so I think that there are moments in our lives either where God needs to do something in us to uproot things in our lives or to prepare us for where we're going next, that He can't just be done in public. It needs to be done, or, and it can't be done on our own terms, but we need to be taken aside. And Naaman, ultimately, he comes to a point of realizing, yes, I've got to listen. And he is cleansed, and it's in obscurity, And yes, there are people who know about it, but it's not the way he would have wanted it to work out. But he listens and he's cleansed. And as a result, he comes and he says, now I know there is no other God in all the world except in Israel. There is no God. His life is totally transformed. And I wonder if we just need to respond to that in some way in our hearts to say, God, I'm willing to submit. I'm willing to be, to be taken aside. I'm going to spend that time in the quiet, in the obscurity, because I want to be ready. I want to deal with these things so that, God, I can be used by you in great ways. So we've got Naaman who wants things on his own terms. And God does a work in his life. He complains, but he changes his mind. And then you've got Gehazi at the end who complains and doesn't change. He has a hard heart. And again, there's, a, there's just a challenge or a, a reminder for us that when God does things in people's lives, we can we come back to being like the servant girl. It's not fair. God's showing mercy to them. God's showing grace to them. That's, that's not what I wanted it to be like. We are going to do the parable season, and I'm I'm not sure if we're doing the parable of the prodigal son at any point. Maybe we are, so I won't steal people's thunder. But the point of that story, or there's several things. We often focus on the son that goes away, but also there's the attitude of the son that stayed. But God, I didn't want you to do that in that way, or you shouldn't have treated them like that. Are we people who we're going to extend grace and mercy and continue to show it, where God does a work in people's lives. We are, we are Christians. And we're believing for the best. And we shouldn't look like, oh, this isn't right. You know, and, then, and then complain about it when God does something. But we should celebrate what God is doing. Amen? Amen? So we've got to be careful. We've got to keep in check the attitude of Ghazi. And there's the greed... And that, that, just that, that attitude that's in him that's wrong. And we have to keep in check those things in our lives. The attitudes and the things that might just, it's not pleasing in God's sight. God, deal with those things in me. Deal with those things in us. There's a couple of interesting things that happen at the end of, of this story. A bit of a strange thing. So the first thing is that Naaman has this, this experience. Uh, and he realizes that God is God. And, uh, and then he says, um, can I take some earth back? It, I don't know if anyone caught that in the, when I read it. Can I take some earth back as much as two, two mules can carry? And you might be thinking... Why? Okay, why would someone want to do that? Well, there was this belief, this ancient idea that the God could only be worshipped. So we've had this understanding. You know, God, there's, there's no God in all the world except the one in Israel, right? But in a world where there's a belief in plurality of deities, and that's the sort of background that Naaman could, would have come from. He would have thought, oh, the, the God of Israel is bound to this place then. Because that's how they understood. There's a God here, there's a God there, there's a God there. Obviously, Israel was monotheistic. They believed in one God who was God overall. But Naaman didn't quite understand that at this point. Because guess what? He might have had a revelation of who God is, but he didn't understand everything. Anyone else sometimes feel like that? It's, it's, we're okay. Right, Not everything was worked out. He hadn't done his systematics. He hadn't got his uh, theology all finally uh, sorted. He was like, okay, so if I'm going to carry on worshipping God, I need to do it in the way that I understand. So he thought that God could, God could only be worshipped in that place. But if he takes the land back, then basically he can lay that down and he can stand and he can worship God. No need, because God is over Everything. And the God we worship is a God for all nations. And the thing that we celebrate in as we think about Pentecost is that the Spirit is poured out because God wants us to be witnesses. Where? Jerusalem. Not just Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. That God wanted to show that it was for all nations. And what Israel had a tendency to do was, well, we'll keep it to ourselves. But the Old Testament shows us, That God is actually for all nations. Israel were there to be a light to the nations. But they didn't always do it as they should. But God is for all. God is for all nations. We'll come back to that bit in a moment. Because then the next thing. And this is interesting as well. Naaman says, May the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of women to bow down. And he is leaning on my arm. And I bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of women, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. And I wonder what some Christians might respond to that. No, Naaman, you need to take a stand for truth. You've got to go again. Well, bear in mind, this word, you know, disobeying his master, that would have been the end of his life. You've got to take a stand for truth. You've got to do what's right. You've got to honour God. And I find it really interesting what Elisha says. Go in peace. (laughs) And he comes back to this idea that not everything's worked out, not everything's clean, not everything's neat. And so Naaman's got this tension now. I know there's no other God, but I know my master is going to expect me to go to the temple with him. And will that be okay? And Elisha says, go in peace. And, And there's just a little challenge for us in that. Because we like to... You know, people come and they, they become Christians and then we, we want everything sorted. And actually, there's still a witness. And I wonder sometimes if we damage our witness in the name of standing for truth. Because actually, we can, we can see that God needs to work in these situations. And God gets the complexity of life. God gets that there's situations that don't quite fit in fact, when I was looking at this passage and, and doing some research on it, someone was saying how they went to a, uh, after church. They went to a restaurant, and uh, this was so on a Sunday, and they thanked the person that was serving them. And she said, "Oh, I really appreciate that." It was a different response to what I just got, and what she just received from another couple of Christians was a complaint because she was working on a Sunday. And you think, but you're in the restaurant on a Sunday. <laughs> Life's not neat, is it? Doesn't always fit. With how we might want things. And Elisha sort of does something here and understands and says, go in peace. Now look, we do need to stand for truth. At times we do need to make a decision. But I also think we need to understand that there is a God that we serve. Who who realizes where we're at in life. And we'll start there. We heard about Peter. Do you love me? Yes, do you love me? Yes, do you love me? Jesus is like, look, this is where you are. We'll start and we'll go from here. (laughs) We'll go from this point. So God does something through Naaman that influences a nation. Naaman complains but changes. And I wonder today, maybe there's things, situations in our life where we're thinking, God, I want you to do this on my terms and in my time and in my way. But God is speaking to us to say, actually, it's not going to be in that way. I need to take you aside. I need to bring you into the secret place. I need to bring you into a place where I can do the work. And maybe we need to be willing to say, God, you are, understand, you are a God of forgiveness and a God of grace. But there's a work that needs to be done in me. And I know from personal experience, that's not easy. To go on the process, on the journey of saying, God, I'm going to submit and as long as it takes in order to do the work that you need to do in my life. And as we think about Pentecost we think about the Spirit being poured out, people full of the Spirit, so that we can go and we can be a witness, so that we can influence people like Naaman, obviously different context, different situation, but the same sort of thing, people who don't understand who God is, people that we might make a judgment about, they'll never know, they'll never understand, they'll never realize actually, God wants to work through us because he's a God for the nations. He's a God for North Lincolnshire. The God who wants to meet people and lives changed in Jesus' name. I wonder if we could stand and we're going to take just a few moments to pray. And yeah, maybe the band want to come up. I just wonder if we can bow our heads close our eyes. You know, one of the things that we we do in church as part of our worship and response as we raise our hands. Some of that may be part of honor. Some of it may be an act of surrender. Maybe as we're just taking a few moments now, maybe some of us just want to reach out our hands in an attitude of surrender saying, God, I'm laying down my agenda. God, I'm laying it down. God, if there's people here this morning who just need to to see that, God, you work in different ways. God, as they surrender to you, that you will do the work in them. And I pray, Father God, that you will give them the courage and the strength and the perseverance to carry on and to see the process through. And we raise our hands as well as a act of saying, God, I want to receive from you. And I want to pray for us on this Pentecost Sunday. And listen, we need to be filled all the time. It's a continual process. It's not just a one-off thing. But today, particularly, we think about it. And maybe today, there's some of us here just feeling like, God, I want to receive from you that fresh anointing. Father God, we pray that as your people, We will not keep to ourselves what we've received. Freely as we have received, freely we want to give. And I pray that we will be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Oh Jesus, that we will have a renewed confidence to go and as we were hearing about last week to go and make disciples father by the power of your spirit at work in us we will have the confidence to go and speak to people to share the good news we pray in jesus name we pray father god Help us not to have the wrong attitude. Not to be like Gehazi. Not happy with how things had worked out. Not happy with the way Naaman had been let off. God, deal with, in, in, deal with those things in us. Those attitudes, those thoughts that aren't pleasing in your sight. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at Newlifechurch.uk. Or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.